Hello, my beautiful beans, uh, and welcome to today's episode. So I'm pretty excited about this episode. I mean, honestly, I can probably say I've said I'm excited about this episode, about every episode I've done. But the reason why I think this will be really good is because I've actually had, when I've always done my polls and questions and people in my DMs, a request that I have had a lot of is how to navigate kind of um, friendship fights or evolutions of friendships when things just aren't what they used to be and when someone starts changing a lot and it's impacting the friendship negatively and kind of how to work around that or how to just pretty much work around a big fight that was had everything with that anything that is involved with friendship and drama and conflict I'm going to be discussing today and hopefully I can get you into a better headspace of you know how to feel around situations like this but also what to do about it and what you can control because there's a lot that you can't control of course because we're talking about you and somebody else and as you know I always talk about you can only focus on the stuff that you can do and the stuff that you can't do you know that it is what it is however there is quite a lot that you can do in situations like this Um, and I'm also going to frame it in a way that's going to make you ask yourself questions that will hopefully make you feel a little bit better about the situation a little bit more empowered um, and you know even if we're talking about a a situation where you feel like you've been left completely out of a group um, and what you can do about that I'm going to be covering all those things so stay tuned apart from that okay I have a little announcement to make for you guys Uh, this week has been pretty good. I mean, we're in lockdown in Sydney still, and it looks like it's going to be extended for a while. I'm not going to get all, you know, I'm not going to get into that whole saga of the lockdown. It is something that I can't control. So I've just got to, you know, we all just have to, you know, deal with it. And I think so many cities have gone, not all, but so many cities have gone through this Um, including in other countries, not just Australia. I know Melbourne suffered a lot with it as well and now kind of we're bearing the brunt of it and it's just like, you know, sucks for everyone involved. Um, Anyway, so what I've been doing this week, this is something that I started actually a few months ago. I had the idea of it and I was like, I'm going to do this. Now I can finally announce it to you guys. I've been talking about like giving hints and this and that and not really, but it's the first product that I have created of many, there's a lot of things that I want to like, I want to take it really far and like create some really cool stuff for you guys. But the first thing that I have created, which I can finally announce is the Do You Fucking Mind card game. So it is a game based around the podcast and it is questions. And there's two decks in the in the card game. It's 150 cards, two decks. One is to find out more about yourself and you still play it with a partner, but it's more you opening them up, answering questions about yourself and your beliefs and your thoughts and your fears and everything like that. And then the other deck is to get to know your partner better, where it prompts you to either tell them something or it prompts you to ask them something. And it's kind of based around the questions that you're asking your partner are based around your relationship. So it's not like questions about them it's questions about how they perceive the relationship and you know where there's weaknesses or where they've felt hurt or where they felt supported all that kind of stuff so it's kind of quite deep and hectic but I can guarantee you if you play this game with somebody and I'm not talking about a romantic partner it can be a romantic partner it can be friends it can be family it can also be played in a group as well so it doesn't have to be just one-on-one and the self-deck can be played alone which is really cool um So yeah, I'm very excited about this. I can finally announce it. Now, when is it going to come out? So today is the, 
Um, I'm recording this the day before it goes live. So today's the 11th. Um, This podcast goes live on the 12th. So the aim, obviously, I'm not the most technically advanced human being in the world. However, the aim is to get these up and running in a week's time. So if you're listening to this on the 12th, then it will be in a week from the 12th, which is what the 19th um, of July. So I will be announcing its official release on the Facebook group, which is, if you're not already on it, Do You Fucking Mind with Alexis Fernandez. And I'll also be announcing it on my Instagram as well, which is um, Alexis Predez, P-R-E-D-E-Z. So if you're on any of those channels and you'll you'll see when, when I announce it, there's like kind of like a set amount of stock just to kind of gauge it. And then if it goes really well, then I'll obviously look into ordering more stock. But I am so excited about this. You have no idea. Um, I've like been working on it quite a bit because I was working on it during uni um, and kind of getting all that shit together. And there were testing times, testing times. But anyway, they arrived and there's all these boxes in my apartment and I just could not be more thrilled. I'm just waiting for a few other things to arrive and then I can um, launch. So oh, I feel so good to announce it to you guys. It's my little project, my baby. And I honestly think that not only will it get you closer to yourself and to the people around you, but I think it'll get our community closer. I feel like we can use this as a tool within the Do You Fucking Mind community and um, use it to kind of share experiences and like meet people that have gone through a similar thing as well. So I'm so excited as to where we can kind of go with with just like the questions that are asked and the insight that you're going to get with this card game. So oh, I'm so fucking excited. Anyway, uh, apart from that, yeah, really, apart from that, I haven't really done much else um, except for go for lots of walks because that is all we can do. Um, anyway, today, before, as usual, before I get into the whole spiel about friendship dramas, we're going to go into my brain fact for the week and I'm back to my fave which is pharmacology you know how much I love pharmacology so today I'm going to be talking about ketamine so ketamine you guys have probably all heard of it basically it is it was designed to be an anesthetic and an analgesic drug so a painkiller drug Um, And it also began to be used in the 70s as a recreational drug as well. And that's kind of never stopped. It's always been around as a recreational drug. So what does ketamine do? And I'm going to be talking about it. Yes, it it has anesthetic and painkiller effects, but also now they're finding and starting to use ketamine in certain cases and not in Australia yet, um, but as a, a It's um, like a treatment for depression, okay? So ketamine, when induced, ketamine is metabolized into a metabolite called norketamine, okay? So both ketamine and that active metabolite, norketamine, act at a receptor for glutamate. So if you remember, I've spoken about this in a few podcasts, I believe, but glutamate is the main excitatory neurotransmitter. So we've got neurotransmitters that are excitatory and some that are inhibitory. And glutamate is the main excitatory neurotransmitter within the brain. Um, And the receptor for glutamate is called the NMDA receptor, okay? So ketamine and norketamine act as antagonists on the NMDA receptor for glutamate. Now, an antagonist is, I've spoken about this before, antagonist and agonist. An antagonist competes at the binding site 
of that receptor and blocks activity or inhibits the possibility of activity at that site. So an agonist, in contrast, will enhance activity and an antagonist will block it. Basically, it binds at the site where the neurotransmitter should be binding, blocking it so it can't now bind into that pocket and then it has no effect. So you can't like open that channel. There can't be an influx of anything. You just stop the, you just stop the activity or reduce it dramatically depending on how many receptors it's acting on. Now, when you inhibit these channels, it has a really large effect on the activity in the brain as you're blocking the channel for a neurotransmitter that is excitatory. And in the brain, when you excite something, you activate it. When you inhibit something, you deactivate it. So you're causing, by by blocking that channel, you are causing less activation. You are depressing the central nervous system. And the more it's depressed, the more relaxed you are. And you can even obviously become unconscious or feel no pain, hence why it's used as like an an anesthetic, okay? Um, And I'm pretty sure I did cover this in in one of the podcasts. We're getting quite deep now. We're in the 60-something podcast numbers now. But I did cover the whole idea of, you know, when when drugs are called um, depressant drugs, It doesn't mean that you are depressed. It means that it is depressing your central nervous system. So technically a quote unquote depressant drug makes you relaxed. Okay. It is inhibiting excitation within the central nervous system. So it's got nothing to do with being depressed because if you look at, for example, alcohol is a depressant. There are many people, I'd say most, that when they drink, they feel good. Okay. So it definitely doesn't equal depression. It can but not because it's depressing your central nervous system. It could probably be because it's working on other, um, it's, it's got other functions within the brain. But when you talk about a depressant drug, it just means it is depressing the activity within the central nervous system. Okay, so that's what's happening here with ketamine as well. However, ketamine is also used as an antidepressant, which I think is really, really interesting. And they, um, so when you look at how normal antidepressants are taken, and if any of you have been on antidepressants, you would know this very well, that it takes at least two weeks to kick in, if not longer. And not every antidepressant works for every person. So somebody might be on an antidepressant, wait weeks for it to kick in. It doesn't kick in. So then they have to have like a washout period where they're off that antidepressant, wait for it to completely be eliminated from their system and then start on a new one. This could be months and months and months waiting to find the right antidepressant. And we're talking about SSRIs like serotonin reuptake inhibitors and shit like that like a Zoloft or whatever. Ketamine is administered and they've got this trial in the United States, which is now kind of being used on people that are resistant to antidepressants. So not everyone has access to it, but people that are resistant. And it's a nasal spray called e-ketamine. And basically it's really, really interesting because in all the studies that they were doing, you would do a nasal spray of ketamine and the half-life of that drug is only just a couple of hours before it's eliminated from your system. But the antidepressant effects are instant and they last for at least two weeks from the first dose straight away. And then what they found, which is even more interesting, is then as you continue to do doses, that effect time was longer and longer and longer. So you'd take a dose of this e-ketamine and then the next time it'd be like a six-week antidepressant effect or like a two-month antidepressant effect. So it's really interesting because they're working on completely different pathways and kind of um, networks within the brain. And the mechanisms of how ketamine works 
as an antidepressant are not fully understood, but it's believed that there's other receptors, not not the NMDA receptor. It's believed that it's other receptors and how they're interacting with those receptors, um, which play a key role in that antidepressant effect. And if you stimulate these other receptors, and one of them, for example, that they think might play a key role is the AMPA receptor, um, AMPA receptor, um, what happens is you can kind of indirectly stimulate that receptor with ketamine or other ketamine metabolites and it can lead to all these like multiple signaling pathways within the brain being activated now and when that occurs when this activation of new signaling signaling pathways occurs it allows for like this surge of new connections new synapses in areas of the brain such as for example the prefrontal cortex which i spoke about last podcast and that was where if you get like um, damage to that area of the brain it changes your personality so the prefrontal cortex and the hippocampus which is heavily involved in memory so now if if you um, listen to a podcast I did a podcast on the effects of stress on the brain highly recommend you listen to that if you haven't already but if you listen to that you would know that those areas in particular the prefrontal cortex are heavily heavily involved in the formation of stress or fear pathways and strengthening of fear pathways which then cause anxiety or depression so a surge in new synapses in those areas of the brain would help kind of counterbalance what's going on there because when those neural circuits are like boosted with activity it can then regulate mood disorders such as chronic stress anxiety or depression and that's kind of the the mechanisms the believed kind of mechanisms behind why ketamine has the effect on on depression the way it does okay so really exciting kind of shit going on in the pharmacology field for neuroscience um this does not mean that if you're at a party and someone's you know got ketamine that that's going to have antidepressant effects because we're talking about clean lab produced clean ketamine you know um what people are taking can be laced with a whole bunch of other shit so you can never really know but as far as like clean straight up ketamine delivered in a nasal spray in the correct dose for somebody that is treatment resistant to an antidepressant has pretty impressive results however they obviously still have to take a long time to see if there's other side effects or what's kind of going on but where it stands right now it's really really exciting at the moment um, in the field of neuroscience to see how you can use a different drug and how it's so much more responsive in these people that were resistant to other treatments anyway so good times that is my brain fact for the day Fuck, I love pharmacology. What a vibe. What a vibe. Okay, let's get into the topic of today. So firstly, what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about kind of why things can get really difficult within a friendship and when something does break down or where there's a lot of change within the relationship with you and your friend or within a group dynamic, um, why that can be so painful and why it can affect you so much what you can do about that. And then I'm kind of going to break down a few things that you can actually do or thoughts that I want you to kind of consider to kind of counteract all these negative feelings that you're feeling when things kind of go south within a friendship. Um, and there's a lot that can be done, okay? So the first thing that we need to talk about or you need to consider is that when you have all these expectations within a friendship, you are putting yourself in a situation where you are going to suffer, okay? So it's this whole concept of pain versus suffering and suffering is ultimately a choice. Pain is not, but suffering is, okay? When you have all these expectations of things that you cannot control, you are at the mercy of 
everything around you that's not in your control and that's where you can then suffer because if you then cling to that expectation and if things or people disappoint you on something that you expected to be a certain way if you are then disappointed and you think no but it should have been this way then you are going to suffer okay and it's not to say that you just have to take it all and accept it all but it's saying look if i'm here thinking that the only way this friendship should succeed is because it used to be like this and now i'm expecting it to be the same i'm expecting you to behave the same way or you're expecting me to behave the same way someone's going to get hurt here because like i always say everything is always in a state of flux and nothing is permanent your friendships as they stand are not permanent. You can have a friend for life, but that friendship that you have for life is because you are able to evolve again and again and again with the times that are changing within your friendship, okay? The person that you were at 17 is not the same as the person that you are at 30 as far as situations in your life, how much you're able to give, your emotional maturity, other relationships that you've got to give time and attention to, and just general life situations that you find yourself in. So, If you can't look at your friendship as something that's always being reborn as time goes on, then there's a big chance that that friendship is going to be doomed if you expect it to stay the same as it was from the beginning, okay? So number one, you've got to think about what are my expectations around this friendship and am I somebody that, or is my friend somebody that expects in order for the relationship to succeed, for you not to change. That whole idea of you've changed, you've changed, okay? Like people are gonna change. So if you can't accept change, then you are setting yourself up to suffer, not feel pain, but suffer. And that is a choice that you have made. Maybe not on purpose, maybe not consciously, but it is an active choice that you are making. If you think that when somebody changes, it's their fault, but change is inevitable so if you can't move with the times and change everyone's going to move along past you and you're going to be suffering or if you've got a friend that's really struggling with you changing they're the ones that are not moving along with the times when you are okay so it goes both ways here everything I say I always want you to look at it from both angles okay I always want you to be able to take yourself out of your situation and put yourself in somebody else's shoes and think is it my actions that are causing this pain or is it their actions and my reaction to their actions that are causing this pain, okay? So that's firstly what you want to be focusing on here. What are my expectations around this situation? When you attach yourself to an expectation and you make that expectation part of your identity, you suffer, okay? There's a lot of things that make up who you are as a person, but whenever possible, I want you to try and eliminate the things that are not in your control that make up your identity, okay? They can still be part of your life. They can still bring you a lot of joy. They can bring you experiences. They can make you a better person, but it is not who you are. It is not part of your identity. So the friendship that you have is not who you are, okay? It forms aspects of your life which are always and forever changing. And the reason for this is if you always place your expectations on something outside of you that you can't control and it doesn't happen, that's kind of where anxiety starts to happen or where depression or stress because you're thinking, I'm in this situation, but it should be here. And you're focusing now on that gap in between where you are and where you think it should be because you have placed an expectation on something that you can't control, something or someone. 
Okay. And then the problem with that is when you start to kind of fall into those pathways, it gets easier and easier and easier for you to stay in those pathways. If you think that that's a logical way of being and a logical way of thinking, you're going to start to think these feelings are natural. I should feel this way. It should feel really horrible when this happens. When you can really turn it around and not be like that at all, you could turn it around to be like, if I don't expect anything and I genuinely embrace the concept of you do you, and I focus on myself, you're going to save yourself so much pain, so much suffering, and so much time. And you'll be able to do so much more with yourself while, on the flip side, very likely improving your friendship with that person, even if things have changed, okay? So basically, and look, what I'm saying, I'm not saying like, Keep your expectations low. Keep your standards low. Not at all. That's not what I mean when I talk about this. You can still keep your standards high, but not expecting things from other people around you. It's this whole expectation that is what causes us so much pain because most of the things that you expect in life is stuff that you cannot control and you don't have ultimate power over. So you really just you know, expecting all this shit and thinking that that's the way it should be full stop and then suffering if it doesn't happen. So you can still have those high standards for what you want in your life. And if it doesn't come to pass and it's not working for you, then you can do something about it. But instead of expecting people to be a certain way or things to happen in a certain way, you can look at it more from a point of appreciation when it does occur and proactiveness when things don't occur. Okay. So it's not like I am entitled to be treated this way. I'm entitled for you to never change and always be the the same person you have been because it suits me and it might not suit you at all, but it suits me. Change that entitlement to this is what I want out of the friendship. If it starts going really well, I'm going to be super grateful that I have it. And if it doesn't go well, then I'm going to follow the next steps that I'm about to talk about in order to improve the situation at hand. Okay. So let's break this all down um, and talk about the point number one that I would like to talk about. You get what you accept in your life. And this happens for so many things. It's not saying that everything that has occurred in your life, you have called in, you have wanted it. You have, but normally things will repeat themselves, especially in relationships, especially in relationships, because it is what you accept. Okay. So for example, I've got a whole bunch of incredible friends. I've got so many intelligent people in my life. Like these people are guns, close friends who I have all the respect in the world for, but they often come to me about the same story again and again and again and again and again. And it's not because they're stupid in that situation. The reason that this this shit happens so many times, pretty much almost the same thing happens so many times, has got nothing to do with their level of intelligence. It's because they accept it in their lives. They accept it as a reality and they refuse to move past it. And because they accept it, they allow it. And because they allow it, it happens. Okay. You get given what you allow time and time again in your life and especially in relationships. So if you look at something and there's a pattern and it keeps happening again and again, is it because you are allowing it? And often allowing it can even be, oh, but I've brought it up with them several times. Yes, but what do your actions say? 
You have the choice to step away from the drama. You can reduce or eliminate suffering. And I can guarantee you, you are not going to miss out. So let's take an example of, let's say you have a group of friends or a friend that you're really close with and that friend starts seeing someone. They're dating somebody and they kind of start like to pull away from you a little bit and they're getting really involved with that new partner that they've got or it could even be that they're pulling away to hang out with another friend, okay? If you're here in pain because you feel that that friend has gone off and done that, you've got to kind of pause and and look at the situation coldly. Yes, it hurts that you're not the number one option at the moment, but look, crack it open and look at it coldly and think, are they doing anything deliberately hurtful or are they kind of just evolving as a person and going where the energy flows and are they hanging around with people that make them happy and make them feel good? Not saying that you don't, but are they just doing something that's not actually mean, but it's just hurtful to you, but they're not actually being mean to you? Okay, because if that's the case, and it's still hurtful, there's only so much you can do in that situation before you just begin to suffer. If you keep resisting reality and resisting the fact that your friends and everybody in your life are constantly evolving and making new connections and meeting people, if you expect them to be this, to serve the same purpose in your life as that same kind of friend for your whole life, then I can guarantee you, you are going to be in so much pain because you are going to feel abandoned. You are going to feel hurt by them when they might not have actively tried to hurt you. It's not necessarily a stab at you, but you can't prevent somebody from making awesome connections in their life and sometimes maybe more intense connections than one they have with you. And often it's with a romantic partner, but sometimes it's with another friend. And that's where kind of jealousy kicks in and pain kicks in. If you kind of turn it around and think, I don't have to accept this, not as in I don't have to accept them having friends with other people, but I don't have to accept this cycle that I'm putting myself through. You can then step away from that situation and kind of be like, what would happen if I just let them live their life and I myself started to kind of almost emulate what they're doing, but in my own realm? What if I started finding other people to also hang around with and still give my time and energy to this friend, but I don't have to have them as the only person in my life or the only friend in my life? You know, like I said before, it's like genuinely without any malice, it's kind of like you do you, do what you need to do to serve you, but I'm now going to do what I need to do to serve me. It doesn't mean that I don't love the friendship as much or I don't respect you as much because you now have found someone that you want to spend more time with. But it means that I'm always going to have to fill my cup up first. So then when we do come together as friends, we can genuinely be happy that we're hanging out, even if it's not as much as we used to. But I'm also kind of servicing all these other areas in my life with other connections and other friends that I now don't feel a lack because I too have a forming and strengthening connection, strengthening connections around me as you are doing, okay? So that's what I mean about you get what you accept in life, okay? You, if, if you're kind of pushing against this issue in the friendship where they're maybe not spending quality time with you as much or not, whatever, if you're staying in that realm without choosing to grow out of it and realize that this friendship is going through a different phase at the moment, then you are going to continue getting that painful feeling and this painful reaction from yourself every time you deal with that friend and every time you feel abandoned by that friend and you put yourself, you involve yourself in that cycle repeatedly instead of taking a step back and thinking, 
what is actually normal, what is not being done out of malice, and what can I do to kind of, you know, stop the suffering from my end, okay? Now, number two, pay attention to you having a fear of missing out, this whole FOMO business. So let's take that friendship example again. And you probably continue to involve yourself in with that person, your friend, and with a group of friends. And you try to kind of, you're waiting by the sidelines kind of thing. And because you're scared to miss out, you think, wait a minute, but now she's hanging out with all these other people and not really hanging out with me as much. Um, hello, I'm still here. How rude. Um, you know, you, do you not care about our friendship? I feel I'm, I've been rejected. I feel abandoned. So you kind of hang around the sidelines. And then the annoying thing about that is that without you meaning to be, because you still stayed the same person, it can actually uh, pull the friendship apart even more because now that friend feels torn between wanting to hang out with the people that they're their newfound friends or their boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever and feeling guilty that they're not spending time with you, okay? This is where there's a big problem here. I would never in my fucking life want someone to hang out with me because they feel guilty. Fuck that shit. I'd rather sit at home and scratch my ass than have somebody hang out with me because they feel guilty and not because they genuinely yearn to hang out with me. Okay. So just put that idea in your head. Let's, let's take Liv, my best friend, for example. She's got a lot of fucking friends outside of me. Okay. And there's a lot of friends that she's made since we have been friends that she has chosen actively to hang out with them and not with me. And I don't remotely get remotely offended by that because I love and appreciate the fact that she has all these rich connections that enrich her life, okay? But if I was sitting here thinking, oh my God, she's starting to hang around with all these people and spending possibly less time with me, or I could, you could look at it on reverse and that I'm spending time with Tyrone and not as much with her, whatever. You could look at it both ways. If we were to feel that way about each other, then like, what if she started hanging out with me because she's like, oh God, now Alexis has raised this a million times. I now feel bad. And here I am hanging around in the sidelines because I don't want to miss out on the friendship. But then I start being a burden. If you've got this fear of missing out of anything new that happens in your friendship circle life, you then become weirdly a burden. Imagine if you were to turn the tables around and be like, you know what? You go, girl, bravo for having all these friends. Love that so much for you. What about we hang out next week? And then you go and do your own thing. There is nothing more attractive than somebody that is just doing their own thing and thriving. You know, like if your friends see that you're also evolving and thriving and happy for them and happy for them making connections and dating new people, but you're putting all your time and energy into expanding you you're A, not going to fear missing out because what's there to miss out on? You're not missing out on anything if the only reason that they chose to hang out with you that day is because they felt guilty because you made them feel guilty for wanting to hang around with other people, okay? I don't believe that you can miss out on something that's not intended for you in the first place. You haven't missed out because it wasn't there for you in the first place. So if people are choosing to hang around without you, don't take it as a personal stab but just think my energy is not required there, but my energy is very um, appreciated in other areas. So I'm going to take my energy there for now and then bring my energy to the friendship when it matters, okay? There's no such thing as missing out 
if you weren't supposed to be there in the first place. Don't think that in order for a friendship to be perfect, you have to be the number one option every time. That is where suffering happens, okay? You've got to look at your friends and think, wow, I appreciate the time I have with them and I'm going to bring my best self to the table and I'm going to try and make their time better every time I'm around them. And when I'm not around them, I hope they're having a good time because I sure as fucking hell am having a ball because I'm spending my time and energy improving my time with other people and with myself. So there is no such thing as fear of missing out if you look at it from that perspective. Number three, I want you to see pain and disappointment as an alarm and not necessarily a reason to run, okay? Not everything is peachy in life and things are going to occur. There's going to be issues that arise with friendships. There's going to be dramas. There's going to be fights. There's going to be conflicts. That shit happens all the time. And sometimes the best thing that can happen is to feel disappointment or pain, you know? That's that's sometimes like the best breeding ground for growth either in as an individual or in a relationship like fuck my life would not be nowhere near as good had it not been for the times of conflict in my life or the times of disappointment in my life where it actually taught me so much and where I grew so much I would never wish upon anyone to never experience disappointment or to never experience pain because that is where you grow the most okay now when you look at it from a friendship perspective when something goes wrong you can't look at it, I mean, you can, but it wouldn't serve you if you looked at it as, oh, something's gone wrong, it's done, it's done, it's ruined, it's done, it's never going to be the same again. When you should look at a friendship, if you want the friendship to have true longevity, if you want this friendship to survive forever, you've got to look at it as I have to be okay with this friendship having many, many deaths and many, many rebirths, okay? Because everything in life is impermanent. Nothing is permanent, okay, including a relationship that lasts you till the end of time. That friendship will evolve time and time and time again if you let it and if you allow for those evolutions and that growth. If you're in this mindset of we always have to be, you know, you can't change, you've changed and I haven't or I like you've done this, this has changed, it's not what it used to be, you're now doing this, I'm not getting the attention, blah, 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 blah. If you don't allow for your friend to evolve and grow or vice versa, if they don't allow for you to evolve and grow, then that is where the friendship could actually end for good because you just cannot see eye to eye. You cannot kind of meet each other in the middle. And then it kind of has to end because instead of bringing you joy and closeness, it's actually causing more of a divide and you've got resentment towards each other. So the way you want to look at it is when something happens in your friendship that disappoints you or that you feel pain, number one, you've got to ask yourself, was this done out of malice? Was this person trying to hurt me? Were they being evil? Look, if they were being an asshole and being evil, cut your losses, cut the toxic dead weight and move the fuck on. I've, you know, see back to all my toxic dead weight, dead weight lemon episodes about all that shit. But if it's something that's kind of disappointed you because they've kind of altered their behaviors or they're, you know, hanging around with different people or not, not um, touching base with you as often, You've also got to look at the other possibility and think, are they having moments in their life where they're evolving in all these other areas and they just, at the moment at least, don't have as much time for me, but I can see that the respect is still there, the love is still there, and when we do hang out, they genuinely want to be hanging out with me because there's two completely separate things going on here. If they're not being evil, then you've got to ask yourself, 
do I want this friendship? And I would imagine that if you're listening to the, this episode, you probably do want that friendship. And then if you do want the friendship, there's a lot that can be done around it, okay? And it's by looking at these things that have caused disappointment or pain and shedding some light on it and being like, is this something that is natural for somebody to evolve and change? Is this something that I can learn to live with? And is it something that I myself might reach a point where I will also be doing that at some point in my life, like getting a partner, spending more time with other people, you know, having to maybe move away and not being so like in touch with that person anymore, but can we still keep that friendship strong? Okay. Every time one of these things arises, it actually could potentially represent new beginnings within the same friendship. But if you're going to look at every time you were disappointed as like, fuck you, you let me down, then it truly would represent the end of that friendship. If you can't look at it as like, how can we evolve from this and grow? Like when I've had situations of disappointment with my friends, the first thing I do before I sit and fester, 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 fester at home and resent them, the first thing I do is be like, hey, just want to like bring this to the surface. I didn't feel comfortable with this or this or that. Can we discuss it? And because you bring it up so quickly and you pull people up on it and you always let them know, hey, I want you to pull me up on something so I know that, you know, we can always be on the same page and understand each other. You know, like it's all well and good to pull other people up, but you have to take it as well. Then that's that kind of allows for growth within the relationship, okay? So I wouldn't, you got to be really careful when you're going to bail away from a friendship just because they're not serving you like they always used to because that kind of change and shift in a relationship is going to happen many times within that friendship throughout your life because who you are at 17 is different to at 20, 30, 50, 100 years old, okay? Your needs are different and sometimes your friends aren't always going to meet your needs and it doesn't mean that they're not a good friend. It means that this is why we have so many different relationships and people in our lives because at different stages, different people serve different purposes in your life, okay? So don't run straight away. Look at it as, is this a time for evolution in my friendship? And can I stick it out because I value it? Or am I done? And if I'm done, peacefully tap the fuck out. Next point, number four, poor communication. Poor communication may be the reason for a breakdown within your friendship, okay? I've had a lot of messages, a lot of DMs from different people um, talking about issues that they've had in their in their friendships and situations where someone's, you know, not been forthcoming or someone's done something to disappoint them and they've done it several times and then like, what do I do? Do I pull them up on it? This is the third time they've done it, blah, 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 blah. A lot of it actually comes down to how are you communicating? And again, are you expecting certain behaviors from them? And are you getting hurt because they're not living up to your expectation? Okay, so all that comes down to it's communication with each other, but also you communicating your ideas kind of towards yourself as well. Because once you start realizing is the reason they're pissing me off because they're not living up to my expectation or is the reason they're pissing me off is because they're not living up to what they used to the a way they used to always behave where I felt that I was the priority and now I don't or where I felt that they used to treat me a certain way and it worked for me and now they don't you know so you've got to look at at your friendship situation as is the reason my friendship works, is it because they always live up to my expectations and it's never been challenged? Because you really test the friendship 
when someone challenges you by not living up to your expectations and can the friendship still be good when they don't live up to your expectations? And all it takes is for there to be an open um, uh, like highway of communication between the two parties or between yourself and the group, okay? Because you, it's, it starts to kind of make you realize, wait a minute, when, I, when you go and talk to your friends and think, okay, I'm disappointed because of this, it kind of raises a bit of like red flags in your own head thinking maybe I'm expecting things from these people that I shouldn't be expecting. Maybe I'm putting all this kind of like criteria on my friends when in reality, even if they didn't do it, they're probably still really good people and they're probably still great. Maybe I can't rely on them for certain things, but that doesn't make them a bad person. And I just need to make sure that we're both aware of certain things instead of me waiting on them or expecting something from them instead of opening up and being like hey can I rely on you for this it's so fine if I can't but I just want to know instead of just presuming that you can you know or you know having these conversations with like are you able to be this for me at this time because if you're not I respect that but I just need to know because I don't want to be like you know putting all this energy into you at the moment when I need the support and I should probably be putting it into like somebody that can offer me the support right now. You know, you've always got to look at it as just because somebody is not living up to your expectations. It doesn't mean that they're not a good friend. It doesn't mean that they're not a good person. It just means that maybe you need to kind of reevaluate what that relationship represents for you in this current time. Okay. Because I've got a lot of great friends who are just absolute legends, but I can't rely on them. Okay, there's a lot of people that I just don't rely on, but I don't expect that from them. And that is why the relationship is so good. That's why it's so fun. And we can be there for each other. But often I've got different people that I rely on. I've got like set people that I rely on. And if they started to change, I wouldn't go on a rampage hating them being like, I used to be able to rely on you and now I'm not. I would just think, okay, times are changing Things, things are changing for them in their life and they just can't be that person for me now. I need to quickly change my perspective and change who I'm relying on when I need to because I could sit here and think, you've changed. I used to always be able to rely on you and you're now unreliable. And then I could be throwing away a friendship that maybe just has to evolve into a different kind of friendship. You know, you. I do think it's important to have your inner circle and have them have your back, but it's also important for you to realize, can does this person have the capacity to do that for me right now because it doesn't mean that they're a bad person if they don't have the capacity to be there for you they might have their own shit going on or they might have their own like massive life adventure or time of change in their life okay you've just always got to be able to go with the flow in times like that and ideally yes ideally you want to have those friendships that are there for you that have your back. And that is when you wake up every morning and think, wow, I'm so grateful that I have that. Not wake up every morning thinking you should have my back. You should be there for me. Okay. Don't expect, have gratitude. And when you approach friendships like that, they're likely to serve you way more than the other way around. Okay. Because when you're in a state of gratitude, you're more likely to give them what you want them to give you. When you're in a state of expectation, you're more likely to sit back on your laurels and expect them to do a lot more for you and you just take it for granted. So always change your perspective with friendships. Always think, I'm so grateful that I have this person in my life and you're going to start to feel really grateful and then you're going to start to 
to want to reciprocate. If you don't want to reciprocate, it's probably because you're being lazy or it's probably because you're taking it for granted and you're, you feel like you're entitled to that kind of treatment. Okay. Now, last one, number five, I want you to be checking in with your pride. Okay. Is it worth it? Is pride worth it when it comes to a friendship? Going back, circling back to that idea of like if someone started to put someone else before you or hanging out with someone before you, that can bruise your pride. Of course it can. We're not all robots here. Of course it can be painful. But now it's your choice. Are you going to leave it as that was painful? Now I'm going to move on. Or that was painful. Now I'm going to choose to suffer for the rest of eternity. You know, so you've got to look at like, yes, it can bruise your pride that now they've got a, a different person that they want to spend more time with than with you. And if you then are... In, in like the depths of that and you're exposing yourself to that again and again where they're choosing someone else over you when you used to be the number one. That's very painful, okay? It can hurt. We're all human here. That shit fucking hurts. But what are you going to do about it? Are you going to suffer and are you going to try and, you know, cause them discomfort and make it awkward for them? Or are you, or are you going to turn it around and say, okay, this is my cue to kind of peacefully step aside if the friendship is supposed to be, I'm still going to respect them. I'm still going to invite them to do things. I'm still going to be there for them. But I don't need to treat them like I used to always treat them and expect that I'm going to be the number one in their life if they're currently not treating me that way. It's not out of malice, but it's I'm making a tactical decision here and I'm feeling, okay, you're stepping back a little bit. I need to do the same for myself and I need to be okay with that, okay? Because if you're not going to be okay with that, then the friendship is over, Okay, because there are going to be friendships where you're best friends and then it kind of drifts apart a little bit and then you come back again as best friends and then it drifts apart. That's really common in life because, like I said, everything's always in a state of flux and, you know, people have like situations and experiences that you're not privy to. So you don't know if this experience brought them super close with someone that they want to spend all their time with. It's not necessarily a stab at you, but it can still be really painful. Don't let your pride ruin the friendship because they want to hang out with someone else other than you. You need to take that energy and instead of putting it into getting like really offended or upset because it's easy to go down that that road, take that energy and think, what can I do now to enrich my life? Independent of that person, put that person aside. What can I be doing right now? I can start doing this. I can start hanging out with that person. I can start really improving on my own personal set of skills. I can start like becoming the baddest bitch I know and hanging around with the biggest fucking legends and then when the time is right, our friendship will kind of cross paths again and we'll, we'll have that closeness again because we're not resenting each other. If you resent that person, you're kind of kissing that friendship goodbye. If you can say you're going through a time where you need to have different connections right now, I'm going to do the same for myself, okay? So every day I want you to change your perspective, every single day, because it's not worth it. Is it worth being the victim is it worth suffering? And aren't you suffering because someone has not lived up to your expectations? Ask yourself that every day or every time you encounter an issue with your friends. Am I suffering because they haven't lived up to my expectation? Because you can all have goals. It's, it's great to have goals for, for what kind of friendships you want to have. But the path towards that goal needs to be flexible. It needs to be so fucking flexible. And if you can't be flexible in life or if you can't be flexible in a relationship, in a job, then you suffer. Not those around you. You suffer. And if you're in a situation that's causing you grief, whether it's a friendship group and it's just not clicking, it's not what it used to be, it's just not working, you know, 
you and if you're then complaining or bitching or moaning or expecting them to hang out with you and they're doing it out of pity, then you've got to ask yourself, how much fun am I right now to be around? Because this is where you kind of think you've, you do you, but I really now have to do me. And I need to kind of like step aside from this because I don't want to be the person that you're hanging around with because you feel bad. I'm the person that people hang around with because they want to hang around with. And I do the same in return. You should mutually meet in the middle with friends when you hang out with them. You should never try and make someone feel guilty and someone should never try and make you feel guilty, okay? You've just got to always have that open communication of where you're at and be able to meet in the middle. And sometimes that middle, that meeting in the middle might have like a big gap in between before you return back to the middle and meet each other again. And that is fine. That does not mean that the friendship has died and it doesn't mean that the friendship isn't worth what it used to be worth. Not at all, okay? So always think, if you do you, I do me. And we're gonna try and meet in the middle whenever possible. And if we can't, then I've got my energy with a lot of other people as well, just as you do, okay? So you've got to basically... To sum everything up, I want you to think about releasing your expectations of what people should do for you. Replace that with gratitude for what they currently bring in your life. Think about how you can do more for them. And then also become really aware in your mind every single day. Remind yourself that no matter what that person chooses to do today, it is not a reflection on me and how I experience my day or how I experience my life. What they're choosing to do often, if not always, reflects what they need, okay? It's not a reflection on you're a bad person and you're this or that. And if you're afraid that it is a reflection on you're a bad person, straight up ask them, have I done something wrong? That is one of the best things to open up communication. Have I done something wrong? And that's where you can open up the communication and talk, okay? But most of the time, if someone's backing away or if someone's spending more time, it's because they're trying to meet their own needs. It's very often not a personal stab at you. All right, guys, I hope that helped. I hope that made you kind of take the emotion and that like attachment to your expectations of your friendships and your relationships. I hope it's kind of neutralized those feelings so you can look at it a bit more kind of coldly and work out is this out of malice? Is it not? Is this just like a natural progression? How can I bring it together when it's working? And how can I spend more time working on myself when it's kind of not working for me? Okay, guys, thank you so much. And I will be keeping you updated on everything that's happening with the card game as well. I love you all. And thank you again for listening. Guys, again, I say this often, but I truly, truly do mean it. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast, for sharing it. Please keep rating and reviewing it on the podcast apps, that really does help me a lot. And of course, please keep screenshotting it and sharing it on your Instagram and everything like that. I see you guys tag me in it all the time and it just makes my day. So I really, 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 really do appreciate all your support and all the word of mouth that's kind of grown our community to where it is now. So thank you so much. I do love you all. Guys, remember, be kind to your brains, be kind to yourselves. Don't take shit from anybody and especially don't take shit from yourself. Danke.